Okay. So maybe onto the segment. Absolutely. So this is a, a bit of a raucous segment. Uh, <laughs> you might want to crank it uh, if you feel like you need to get wild. Uh, there's a story this week that uh, the acoustic electric guitar that Kurt Cobain played during the iconic 1993 MTV Unplugged album that Nirvana made just before the gentleman passed, uh, that guitar is going up for auction next month, and it's expected, well, it's starting at $1 million, and ex- it's expected to, to fetch much more than that. That's a lot of money wow. for, a, for a guitar, isn't it? So we thought it'd be funny, given this you know outrageous price for this Kurt Cobain guitar, to, uh, to take a look at some other exciting items that have fetched a lot of money on auction for this segment called The Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess Presents... Rock and Roll Auction! I can't wait to hear what fun music you're going to insert into here. Yeah. I'm going to start with a uh, Canadian uh, rock uh, piece of uh, you know, rock history. You know the Canadian rock legend Kim Mitchell, obviously. Obviously. He did go for a soda. He did rock and roll duty. He was in the iconic uh, 70s Canadian uh, glam prog band uh, Max <laughs> Webster. Uh, Mm -hmm. But did you know that in 2015, at a Canadian auction, a very rare lock of Kim Mitchell's hair fetched $85,000? Wow. 85,000 big ones. And it's rare because, you know, this stuff is is scarcer than the dodo bird. The guy's been bald since the early 90s, right? You know, not not a follicle of hair on his head. Wow. Yeah, that's right. That yeah. that would be such uh, a rare find. That's a great point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, and, and in addition to its rarity, they say that whoever possesses the lock of hair will have good fortune. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. So you uh, almost it's like a it's there's some mysticism to do with his hair. Oh, there's a, there's a lot of mysticism to do with For his hair. For a long time I think he was bald at the top and had the long beautiful flowing hair down the sides. He absolutely did. Uh he he rocked and that He wore look. a ball cap. Yes, to yes. hide the bald part. Yeah, but everyone knew. Everyone had, you know, everyone mm. at least had a hunch <laughs> that there was something funny going on under that hat. Do you think that's sexy long flowing hair with a bald spot? Absolutely. I on mean, the it's top? A, yeah, it's a look that many men uh, continue <laughs> to pull off in an exciting way. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You always see on the catwalk handsome, hot male models with that long, straight hair, and then a big, <laughs> a big uh, cul-de-sac bald spot on the top. It's like, or like know. in CW shows, there's always this hot young stud with long, long, straight <laughs> hair and the big bald spot on top. Go to any gym in the world, and you'll yep. see mostly the guys there look like that. That David Crosby, Kim Mitchell. <laughs> um, Gallagher yep. style, yeah. Yes, Gallagher. Yeah, it works. It really, really works. Yeah. If you're balding, you must let your hair grow as long as possible. Yeah. It's the only way. It's wonderful. Well, great one, Mike. Uh, here's my first uh, uh, rock celebrity item that was auctioned off that I thought was pretty notable. And that was something from Mr. Brian Adams, a certain Uh-oh. guy we talked about last week who got yeah. in quite a bit of trouble yes. for... Uh, you know, tweeting, uh, tweeting some objectionable things. Anyway, Brian is a Canuck. He's written some killer songs, and uh, so he's not all bad, you know. Um, and he also uh, actually donated a fam- a really nice, uh, you know, interesting item to auction 
Um, I think maybe because he felt bad about about what happened last right. week with yeah, his whole yeah. tweet. So he thought, I'm going to make it up. I'm going to donate something and have it auctioned off and raise money for charity. And um, he actually uh, donated his acne cream. <laughs> Because, really? you know, he's got that sort of some issues there on the old face. And he was actually able to raise uh, $26, which is pretty good because mm. it's Spectro Gel, which you can get at Shoppers Drug Mart. And it's usually 13 for yes. a big bottle. And this one got uh, a double. So, I mean, you add the celebrity factor to it and his recent yeah. notoriety. And then you can. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see why it would fetch double the price. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to some uh, some Yankee musicians here for our mm. American listeners. Um, did you know that in uh, 1999, uh, Paul Simon had a, a personal item uh, fetch quite a bit of money on the auction block? Oh, what was it? Well, interesting you should ask. Uh, it was his gun. Oh. Paul Simon's famous gun. You know that famous Smith & Wesson Model 2944 Magnum handgun that he's... He's all he always used to be pictured with until he auctioned it off, right? Wow. Uh, it's one of the most powerful handguns that was available at the time. And of course, it was made famous by Clint Eastwood in the Dirty Harry movies. And Paul Simon, you know, it surprises a lot of people who don't know a lot about him, but he the guy loves gangster movies. He loves <laughs> hunting. He loves uh, the idea of protecting his home using firearms. <laughs> He's a huge NRA guy. And he used to always pack heat. He uh, loved firing his gun when he got excited. You know, when he got an idea for a song, walking down the street of New York, he'd be like, oh, wow. And he'd start firing his gun in the air. Um, And it got him in trouble more than once. And um, he even, did you know this, he wanted to add gunshots to the famous Simon and Garfunkel song, Bridge Over Troubled Troubled Water, right? Can you imagine how out of place that would have sounded? Um, But Art Garfunkel... Sort of like in the song Paper Planes? Absolutely. Push, push, push. Yes. Wow. Like a bridge. Um, but Garfunkel talked him out of it and said, he sat him down and he said, Paul, what are you thinking? Um, but anyway, yeah, Paul Simon's famous gun went for a million dollars at auction in 1999. Wow. Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wild. That's quite a recoil to that gun, and Paul Simon's not a huge guy. A little guy. So He's a little guy. Imagine him pulling the gun and being like, boom blown across the room like in a Looney Tunes uh, oh that's kind of fun to imagine it is um although if he got flung backwards you wouldn't really be able to tell in his face because I think he's had a lot of plastic surgery I don't know if you've seen him lately are you sure he looks pretty natural to me like the face Mm. of a the average 78 year old man (laughs) yeah nary a wrinkle on there no no smooth as heck yeah Mm mm-hmm uh, okay, here's my uh, a second item I saw uh, up for auction from a rock superstar that I thought was uh, pretty interesting, uh, and that is from a Mr. Alan Parsons. Mm-hmm. Now, I encourage you to Google Alan Parsons if you don't know what he looks like. He's kind of a big old British man. Okay. Um, they, his band sang the song Eye in the Sky, which is one of my all-time favorites. And he had a project, famously. Yes, the Alan Parsons Project. And they sang uh, that song, or they, they they played that song, which maybe, I think it's called Sirius, but they played it at a lot of sporting events. Right. He does he anyway, does look like a, I'm just looking at him now, he looks like just a big, a big kind of dumpy guy you'd see in a, like in a British pub, maybe eating yes, like a Yes, he pie. looks like a darts, he looks, yeah. <laughs> yes, he looks like a darts player, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, anyway. He recently auctioned off his hard-boiled egg stockpile. 
In the 70s and 80s, when Alan Parsons' project was really big, um, Alan Parsons famously had a big hard-boiled egg stockpile in case, you know, eggs ever uh, became scarce or, you know, there was food right. shortages. He'd always have his hard-boiled eggs. Right. So he had a, he had hundreds of thousands of them, and he, he just has too many. He's realized he's never going to eat them all, so he's, uh, he's auctioned half off of his famous stockpile. I mean, the wife and, must be on yeah. his back all the time, you know. Alan, yeah. get rid of these eggs! Um, yeah, they, they, their whole pool house in California is just was just filled with hard-boiled eggs, peeled and everything, ugh. just a bunch of Ziploc bags. Imagine the smell. Mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, they couldn't go in the pool anymore yeah. because the smell coming from the pool house <laughs> was just, you know. But Alan, Alan doesn't even notice because he, you he's know, used he to loves. It. He's used to it. So and it anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he auctioned off like about half of his hard-boiled egg stockpile, so about one hundred ten thousand of them. Wow. And uh, yeah, he came away with uh, over a million. Pretty good for Alan. He, yeah, you know, he made Pretty made good. some dough. And he weeped apparently at the <laughs> transaction, even though it was so much money. He weeped because he was really sad to let let go of those oh, eggs. Alan, oh, that's sad to hear. <laughs> Definitely Google Alan Parsons if you don't know what he looks like. I'll put a link to Alan Parsons in the <laughs> show description. Uh, so my third and final rock and roll auction item that just blows my mind. Um, you're familiar with the the, uh, the new metal band Limp Bizkit. Of course, they were very oh, yeah. famous in the late 90s and the early Wham, It's just one of those days when you don't want to yep. wake up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes, ding, 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 bingo. Um, well, in uh, 2006... Did you know that uh, the hot dog, yeah, the hot dog that inspired Fred Durst to name the Limp Biscuit album Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water fetched $4 million at auction. Sotheby's. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it's an interesting story. He, in 1999, he was going for a stroll. He was out of inspiration, right? No mm. idea, no no new ideas for rap rock songs, uh. and he went for a stroll on Venice Beach right there in, in California, and he was hopeless, you know. Uh. Some say he was gonna just walk into the ocean, but then he walked oh, by no. a hot dog vendor, and he, he he smelled what was cooking, and he bought a hot dog, and he said, you know, I'll have the works, buddy. I'm talking pickles and onions and relish and ketchup <laughs> and mustard and some cheese, right? And um. The hot dog was so good that Fred thought, hmm, what's this? Ah, and he started getting all these crazy ideas for songs and the album that he wanted to make. And um, he was so thankful to the hot dog that he didn't finish eating it. And he put it in a Ziploc bag (laughs) and took it home. And uh, he never finished it. And that hot dog, yeah, it went on to get $4 million at auction. Wow. Because I always thought the album... Uh, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water was sort of a body sex, uh, you know, hmm. reference. You know. Well, I wouldn't put it past Fred to add, you know, those layers to it. But huh. the uh, origin of that album's title is a lot more mundane than you might have, you might interesting. Think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that song. Break stuff. Yeah. Give me something to break. <laughs> Though you don't want to be singing that song when you're walking around an art gallery or a jewelry <laughs> store, right? You know what? That's such a good point because I mm-hmm. often find myself singing that. And yeah, if you were in a Fabergé egg uh, emporium, yeah. you don't want to be whistling Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit. You'll That's get a great video on worth you. looking yeah. up on YouTube. 
I think um, there are cameos from Snoop Dogg, Jonathan Davis of Corn, and Polly Shore. Whoa, all the big players in the new metal scene. Yeah, <laughs> so check it out. Um, well, here's my final uh, celebrity auction, rock and roll uh, <laughs> auction item. Um, and that is from uh, Mr. Corey Taylor, who was the front man for, any guesses, Mike? I think uh, you'd like this band. I'm drawing a blank. I know Corey Haim. I know Corey Feldman. I don't know who this is. <laughs> well, this is Corey Taylor. He was the front man for the 12-person band Slipknot. I think there was 12 people, somewhere around there. Oh, the Mask Boys. Yeah. Yes, they, they were from Iowa, and they wore scary masks and sang a lot of wacky songs, I think it's safe to say. Um, I think they had one called uh, Wait and Bleed that was a big right. hit. Anyway... Uh, Corey Taylor from Slipknot has auctioned off his Nintendo 3DS. Now, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. What's a 3DS? Switch is the big uh, system now. No, no, no. Prior to Nintendo Switch, the the, the biggest selling uh, portable, you know, game system Nintendo made was the the Nintendo 3DS. It was really popular. A lot of great games on there. Mario Kart, uh, its Mm. own Zelda. (laughs) The list goes on and on. Final Fantasy. So, um, Corey Taylor loved his Nintendo 3DS and, uh, Thought it was time to part now that he has a switch, so he he sold it off and and he made uh, seven hundred bucks. Not a great, not a killing, but no, you know, better than letting it, you know, just collect dust in the attic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, seven hundred bucks for uh, you know now that now that the switch is out, you know, you could get three DSs for for a <laughs> lot cheaper. So I'm surprised he couldn't get more from like a diehard uh, Slipknot fan. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I know Nintendo was in talks to make a Slipknot game. Oh, really? But unfortunately, you know, they never got around to it. So that might have been a result well, of the low bids. Every time Slipknot did anything, they had to come to a complete agreement among all 12 of them. And you can imagine yeah. how difficult that was. Just imagine them trying to pick the restaurant they're going to eat their supper at when they're on tour. Yeah. Well, I know they were. they were in talks to have, like, the Slipknot, the slip, a Slipknot version of Mario Kart, really? called Slipknot Kart, and uh, <laughs> That's all the a char- cool name. I like yeah. it. Yeah, and all the all the characters were you know drove their own car, and they oh. would kind of fit their personality. Like one guy's car was just sort of a mutilated corpse, and Ugh. another guy's car was like a, a decapitated monkey head with wheels on it. Ugh. So like they kind of fit the characters, which is kind of fun. Yeah. But yeah, never got going. Never, never got off the ground. Unfortunately, one of those great video game what ifs. <laughs> yes, if Slipknot had made their own Mario Kart game, <laughs> you wonder. Yeah, you know, you do. You wonder Mario Kart might be considered bullshit at this point because yeah. everyone, all kids, would just be rushing to get the new <laughs> Slipknot Kart. <laughs> oh, mm. it's too bad. I wish. I wish I you think hadn't. Corey told me. Taylor was a was a Bernie guy. I'm pretty sure Slipknot played a Bernie fundraiser in Iowa at the Iowa caucus. Really? I, I can see I Bernie think. like getting in the pit <laughs> out of my way and then like just go, like getting on stage and then like stage diving and then like being carried around by like screaming fans and like <laughs> people equal shit. <laughs> yeah. So that concludes our famous segment, A Trip to the Rock and Roll Auction. 